Thanks for joining the fifth season of the Positive Talk Podcast. Your hosts, Julie Homrich, a psychotherapist, and Chuck Allen, a pastor, merge faith and psychology each week to help you live a more peace-filled and purposeful life. So settle in and enjoy this week's episode of the Positive Talk Podcast. Hey everybody, it's a great day to find an encouraging and a positive word here at the Positive Talk Podcast. And thank you so much for that introduction. Julie, last week we talked about gaslighting. Yes, gaslighting, this cultural buzzword. Yeah, you seems. know what I learned this week? Hmm. That you don't technically say I've I'm being gaslit. Yes. You actually technically say I'm being gaslighted. Gaslighted, which I was incorrect on that. So what I, you bring in the truth. It sounds very check. southern though when you say I'm being gaslit. Gaslit. You know? I'm being gaslit. Gas anyway, so, gaslighted. Gaslighted. I stand corrected. So back back to the gaslighted mm-hmm. part. I think it would be really cool to let the therapist in the room walk us through a few things, especially some phrases yeah. that might like in our mind say, Ooh, I I've heard that, but I'm not sure I identified that as being gaslighted. Yeah, and not only that, but how do we respond to it? Yeah, might be the biggest issue, right? Yeah, because I think for many of us, it it kind of it feels like somebody is knocking us off our feet a little bit when they say yeah. these things. That's yeah. we're not quite sure. We don't have our stability to respond mm. in the way that we typically would. Yeah. Um. So we actually put together ten common gaslighting phrases. I cannot wait to hear and this. how to respond. Now, so my goal is to not respond on all of them. Is to not respond? I've got a handful of favorites, I think. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I want to hear what you have to think about these. Okay. So the thing that's important to remember is that not all of these phrases are always gaslighting. Some of them are. Mm-hmm. But if you have a pattern of these phrases in your relationship, like whenever you're confronting your partner, if they, you know, typically respond in this way, then that's a sign that you might be in a gaslighting situation. Okay. okay. So, so you mentioned this last week, right? Mm-hmm. The pattern is a lot of, because one time... Probably mm-hmm. isn't a gas lighting. Yeah, they might be, you know, just off there. Could be a phrase. Yeah, or just, you know, they're having a bad or like day. Or like one of the things I learned from you a couple of years ago, it could be a benign statement. Yeah, yeah. Right? And some of these are, you know, they can be benign. Some of them, but a no pattern. matter what. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Look the, for the patterns. Yeah, there you go. Right? Okay. Um, because then that just gives an indication that this is a dynamic in the relationship. Okay. So let's talk about this. The first one, which we hear all the time when people are being gas. Lighted, yeah, is that right? right? Yeah, Um, is somebody saying to them, you know, they they bring something up, and then their partner or their boss or whoever says, "You're crazy," like you're just crazy, yeah, right? So that is the ultimate, like questioning their reality. It always comes with, I, you know, you put the right inflection on it. You're crazy, Crazy. yeah, because. If it doesn't come with a little disdain. Right. Disgust and just kind of like this um, patronizing. Oh, you are crazy. Yeah. Like as if, you know, even as a mental health, but there's nobody who should be calling anyone crazy. Right. And even as a mental health professional who technically can identify if somebody's mentally ill, yeah, yeah, you yeah. do not want to call people crazy. It's not helpful. That's pr- it's probably just not a good idea. It's never helpful. So if somebody says this to you and they say, yep. you're crazy. So here are some things that you can say back. Please don't question my ability to think clearly. I love that. Okay. So, Especially when you can say, again, your inflection uh-huh. is I'm not I'm not meeting that inflection. I am responding on my terms. You Yes. Instead of reacting, yeah. you're responding. I love right? that. Like you're yeah. able to, and this is why it is so important. If you feel like these phrases work you up mm-hmm. to be able to kind of, you know, take a step back, take a break, whatever you need. So please don't question my ability to think mm-hmm. clearly. Mm-hmm. Another thing you could say is, you know, even if we don't agree... This is my experience, and I ask you to hear it without judging. Okay, that's a that is such 
it, it almost like brings it brings the temperature down mm-hmm. and it takes I, it out the hook you yeah, know the really hook does. is like yeah, yeah, yeah. you're crazy so yeah. therefore i'm going to invalidate everything that comes out of your mouth after that yeah. statement no matter what yeah. yeah so instead of that you know you're being able to say what i experienced is valid right and we might not agree right but what i need from you right now it's like nonviolent communication when you yeah. do this i feel this i need this yeah. right so I know what I saw. You could say something like, I know what I saw and mm. I'm not crazy. Right. And going forward, I'd appreciate it if we could avoid name calling because this is like, you know, calling someone a name, it's not helpful. But that's, yeah, I don't know that I'd ever heard or thought of the phrase being, come on, you're crazy as like a name calling. As name calling. Mm-hmm. But it really is. Yeah. Because I mean, you're it, attaching crazy to your person. As an insult. Yeah. And you know, it's not healthy to just receive it. No, right. No, because then, of course, you know, we start to think, am I crazy? (laughs) Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Reality. Yeah. Okay. I think my favorite one of that, though, is please don't question my ability to think clearly. Yeah. I love that. Because, you know, and this this is where if there's been a pattern of explosive dynamics in a relationship, Mm -hmm. some people will invalidate anything that somebody says if it's said with a volume, <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah, and so yeah. that's why it's important to recognize that, yeah, there's going to be times you're going to say things with volume, but just because you say something passionately yeah. doesn't mean that you're crazy. Yeah. Now, if it becomes a pattern, then it's like, okay, maybe you need to take a look at self-regulating so yeah. that you're not constantly in this like screaming match, I think right? That's really good because it, it, okay, here's a question for you, therapist. So, okay, um, pastor. <laughs> so, it feels to me, and mm-hmm. I, I have nothing to back this up. I'm just making an assumption here. Mm-hmm. But it feels to me like the person who has a pattern of saying, come on, you are crazy. Mm-hmm. There, There is enough of a bullying tendency in yeah. that mm-hmm. that you, it really is dangerous to just take it without bringing it down. But it's equally dangerous to try to meet its intensity. Yes. Right? So we say to parents a lot of times, be a uh, thermostat, not mm-hmm. a thermometer. Right, right. So you set the temperature in the right. room like a thermostat does. I like that. The thermometer just reads the temperature and goes up or down. Yeah. But yeah. if you're a thermostat, you're like setting that. the temperature. I like that. Okay, here's another one. And maybe you hear this in the pastoral world. Why can't you just forgive and forget? Oh, my gosh. So in Christian circles, mm-hmm. you hear this a lot. Mm-hmm. Listen, but Jesus told us to forgive. Yeah. And I'm like, Okay, but he also taught their consequences, mm-hmm. and you've got to learn to cope with those. Yes, and you, so you really forgive and forget is really a misnomer. Right? Yeah. Well, even like neurologically, you know, we store trauma in a right. different part of our brain. Right. So even if we actually forget it consciously, it's yeah. still there, right? And it impacts what we do. Right. And right, right. you know, this is a deflection type of thing, right? It's trying to the person's trying to create space from the mm-hmm. situation mm-hmm. um and from the consequences of the situation, yeah. right? Yeah. So they they toss on this like forgive and forget stamp mm-hmm. on it, right? Mm-hmm. So something you can say to that is, you know, I'd like to forgive. But before we move on, I just need to get a few things straight. Right. Right. So right. this is like, you know, you're not invalidating the fact that forgiveness can be helpful. Mm-hmm. But if the, if it's being used as a, as a tool to kind of manipulate the situation, here's what's going to happen. You're going to get in the same situation again. Mm-hmm. It's going to be more it's going to be more difficult the more times it happens to right. actually for, forget yeah. and forgive. Yeah. Right. Because you're getting continually exploited. So in, in that one, the minute you said it, I, I had this flashback. Mm-hmm. Right. So Jenny and I had been married maybe, I don't know, 10 months or mm-hmm. so, it was just under a year, mm-hmm. right? Which is always a fun 
<laughs> the yeah, first yeah, year is always interesting. Yeah, they, and especially in a second marriage. Uh-huh. You know, so um, my wife had passed away a couple of years before. Mm-hmm. She and her husband divorced co- about the same time. Mm-hmm. A couple of years later, we're married. Mm-hmm. We bring both of our baggage to the table. Totally different communication styles. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I was, I don't think it was a pattern, but it, but I, I do remember being the person that said, "Can we not just move past this?" Yeah, yeah, you know. And I'll never forget, she said something kind of like, like this. That, yeah. And it was like, I really want to, but before we do, uh-huh. can we just clarify? Right. And Such that a was, response. I mean, that was just unusual for me, mm-hmm. but it set a tone mm-hmm. for all these years later. Yeah. That you don't just bypass. Yeah. You know, because yeah. that's kind of a form of spiritual bypassing if we do that. Uh, why can't Common. you just forget and forget? Yeah, forget. Because it. we don't. We don't. No. Yeah. And sometimes we just need, you know, to, to work things through so that we can move forward. So another thing you could say would be something like, you know, I feel that if we want to avoid this happening in the future, we need to spend a little more time on this. Mm. So when is a good time for us to continue this discussion, if not now? Because when people say forgive and forget, they want to move on. They don't want the discussion to continue. Maybe they're activated and they just can't Mm. tolerate talking about it anymore. So you can say, you know what? When is a good time for us to continue this? If not now, when, right? Yeah. You know what? That that takes, it it feels like, Julie, it feels like it takes someone with some emotional and spiritual maturity Mm -hmm. that can kind of control that moment. Yeah. But I would say everybody has that kind of agency if you want to own it. Yeah, and it, and once you practice that, that yeah. becomes your default conflict resolution That's so style. Good. Yeah, I love um, that. Because we all have default conflict Wait resolution styles. Say that styles. again. If you practice it. It becomes your default conflict resolution style. Okay, I, that is, that's tweetable. Thanks. Yeah. I mean, seriously, that's, but that's the kind of thing that if we do kind of put it into practice, it does become our norm rather than just firing back. Because we all have default conflict resolution styles and sometimes they're not the healthiest. What's yours? Well, I used to joke that Dan and I's first year of marriage and I said these, these words, like as a quote, I said, it was a quote street fight. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Like that's what it felt like because we were both bringing in, like you said, all the different things. And so, you know, our conflict resolution style back then Mm. was me hammering the issue until he was just like, oh my gosh, I can't talk about this anymore. Right. That's so funny because like I would say to Jenny in Mm -hmm. our, in our first year, I was like, how many times do we need to review this? Mm Yeah. And you know, it was, it, she, it was, it, I'll never forget. She said, until such times that I really feel like you've got it. You hear it. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, well, I would okay, say- <laughs> well, I'm going to start listening because I'm dying here. Yeah. I would say to him, if like, I say this with our kids too. I'm like, if you say, how many times do I need to tell you this? It's like, <laughs> well, maybe one more because they're not getting it. Right. Like let's try oh, something different. Don't bang your head against a wall. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. So this next one is when, when you say you couldn't wait here, I hear this one. This is church world right here. Mm, yeah, the kind of gossipy disguises yeah. prayer requests. Yeah. So, um, sorry. So this is this is very um, hurtful when people yeah, say this. Yeah, it is. So let's say you bring something up that's, uh, you know, a challenge or a problem, and your partner, you know, says something negative about you and then says, you know, everyone else agrees with me. You're just, you're just crazy. Yeah. Or you're just oversensitive. Or right. you're just, you know a loose cannon or whatever, right? Like that's it. Because the reason why people say that is because they feel like the other person is not really like 
getting it and hearing yeah. and they yeah. feel like they can't control the situation. So yeah. it's like, well, if they don't believe me saying it, I'm going to bring in reinforcement. Oh, yeah. Right? And so I, did, I would hear this. Just like in my first five or six years mm-hmm. in a pastorate, um, like when you're a pastor, you just need to expect that when people come into your office, one of two things is true. A, they're in a mess mm. or B, they're mad. Yeah. Right. It's one of the two. Most likely hate you. Right. right? <laughs> yeah. Um, and so like early on, it was like people were like perpetually pissed off at me. Mm. Right. And so, so people come in and they kind of unload the clip on me and here I would hear things like everybody agrees with <laughs> yeah. this. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, I learned rather than just trying to be defensive, mm-hmm. which never really works. Right. But what I did learn to say was, I would love it if you could just speak for yourself yeah. and let them do the same. Yeah. Unless they've given you permission to tell me you're speaking on their behalf. Yeah, which is so good. So you learned that the the hard way, yeah. right? Yeah. But that is something you can say. You can say, you know, please speak for yourself. Yeah. Not everyone else. Yeah. Right. You could say, you know, I'm hearing that you think I'm X, Y, and Z, right? Like you yeah. think I'm crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You think I'm over the top, whatever. Let's stay focused on that. Oh my gosh, Julie. So I had this thing happen. I'm not going into the details because it would, it would, I don't, I don't want to go there again, but I had a weird thing like five, six years ago at church. Mm-hmm. Right. And, um, I had some people that you talk about, they were ticked, man, mm-hmm. you know? Uh, and you know, I, I have, I have admitted on, on this podcast that I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm not like super far right. I'm not super far left. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm kind of, you know, I lean right. Mm-hmm. That's about it. Yeah. You know, but, like um, fiscally conservative. but I, but I was speaking pretty, I don't know, I, I guess pretty openly uh-huh. about my feelings on a few things. Okay. And I, I had these folks came to me. They, it was like a, it, it was, you know, in the, you know, in the beauty and the beast where they've got the, the torches and they're yeah. storming the castle. Yeah. That's, that's kind of what came. it felt like coming to my office. Mm-hmm. And it, it was, it was kind of like this, yeah. you know, and it was, it was probably a real defining moment mm-hmm. in my career mm-hmm. and, and in the ministry where I was able to stop and say, kind of, I guess I, I hear mm. this is what you feel like happened. Yeah. yeah. Would you be willing to sit on the other side of the table and have a conversation? Yeah. Would you be willing to? And about half of them said, no, we're out of no. here. Yeah. You know? And you know, that says what it needs to say, right? Yeah, yeah. And, you know, in certain situations... But like it's that, wounding. I mean, it really is. It is wounding. Yeah. It is hard. And, you know, I think before you and I started working together, I remember there were, you know, I would ask or I would ask around, right? And I think, I think some of the most con- conflict-ridden situations actually say the most about people's character. Mm-hmm. And there was, you know, when I hear certain conflict situations and I hear about how people react to them and how re- they respond to them, and you in, in particular, that increases the level of respect mm. whereas for some people it might decrease it right like that's and sure. so just knowing that if you're convicted about something you know it's important to stand yeah. with that because yeah. not everybody i mean people are going to stand with you maybe not and it's probably good to recognize not everybody agrees that a fight is a healthy way to get beyond something right yeah yeah well and in kind of in the same vein in terms of taking a, a specific situation and generalizing it to somebody's whole world or whole pastorate or whatever, uh, something I hear sometimes is people will say like in, in a gaslighting situation, mm-hmm. they'll say something like, this is why you don't have friends or oh, this boy. is why you don't have a job or whatever. Right. Like it's not helpful yeah. to be able to do that. And it's not really, yeah, this is why you don't have any friends. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This is why you can't keep a job. Yeah. I mean, this is, I mean, it, 
that's brutal. Yeah. And that's not helpful, right? No. I mean, they'll say like, well, no. I'm just trying to help them. You know, it's like, well, that's not helpful and it's not relevant to the and discussion. It's really not helpful when it's offered in sarcasm. Right. Right. No. Oh, well, that's why. No. And yeah. then you can just say that. This isn't helpful. Right. This isn't relevant to the discussion. Now back to the issue at hand, right? Bringing yeah. it back because it's a deflection it and distraction. A, it is technique. a healthy thing when you... When you can call somebody on that without matching their intensity, mm-hmm. and I—that's like the third time I've said that. Yeah, but it's important. Yeah, it's important. like one of the things I know that you have, like that didn't feel like a joke to me, <laughs> yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah. Wait, yeah. So sometimes people will say stuff like, "I'm just joking," like you can't handle a joke. So I was I was with a group of white preachers. Uh huh. All right, this is like two years ago, right? Yeah. So I'm with a group of white preachers, probably like eight of us at a luncheon mm-hmm. and you can just imagine that's just my least favorite place to be. Right. And <laughs> so white preachers at a luncheon. I really don't. I mean, it's just this <laughs> whiners, but anyway, we're there and we're, I'm doing this thing. And this one guy tells this kind of, I, I don't know how to describe it other than like a typical Southern white preacher off color race joke. Mm-hmm. Did that describe it for you? Mm-hmm. I can picture it right now. So, uh, so literally mm-hmm. I'm sitting here with these people and I'm saying, I promise you, that's just not funny to me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You, you would have thought that I just dropped an F bomb at a mm-hmm. table full of preachers mm-hmm. because they were just like, what? Their ego. But I will tell it. you, I'll guarantee you they would never do that, that at again. my table again. Yeah. You know? Yeah, that's you setting a boundary. Yeah. So, you know, if somebody says things that are hurtful to you and you're, you know, and then they're like, oh, I was just joking. You can't take that's a joke. That's what this guy said. Yeah, right? So I think, like you said, being able to set that boundary, mm-hmm. it may have been funny to you, but that was not funny to me. Right. Please yeah. consider that next time you make jokes. Yeah. Um, I've had to do this at, at so many times. I remember being at dinner with a family member a while ago and they were making jokes about somebody's um infertility struggle oh gosh and i just said to them listen like i work with women all day long yeah. who are struggling with that yeah and i can guarantee you it's not funny and they yeah. were offended you know but they will never make that joke in front of me again right right but i'll guarantee you they will think about that in front of anybody mm-hmm. and again, it takes, which is healthy yeah and in a gaslighting situation you know this is usually a pattern. Yeah. And so somebody, you know, their pattern of joking is, is hurting you. Right. So you yeah. can say, yeah. you know, that isn't funny to me. Please don't do that again. Right. Mm-hmm. I think it's mm-hmm. important to be able to say what you need. Like, I need you to hear that. That's not funny to me. So and I need do you, you to respond? not do that again. I like that. I mean, th- again, I, I want to point out to our listeners, your inflection, mm-hmm. you know, it's like, it's, it's, it's not condescension. Right. It's, it's simple. Let me be clear, clear. But, but kind. Clear and kind. Yeah. yeah. So what happens then when somebody says, oh, oh, Chuck, you're just being too sensitive, which I'm not sure anybody's ever said that to me <laughs> I was before. Say, has anyone ever said just, that? That's, that's a bad example. Said okay. It to me. But I have heard this one. It's just not that big a deal. It's not that big of a deal. Yeah. So this is the core of invalidation, right? Yeah. I have absolutely heard you're just too sensitive many, many times. Now, I, um, I can see that in you because you mm-hmm. were actually sensitive. I am sensitive. Yeah. And, you know, I will never forget when I just responded at one point. Yeah, I am sensitive. Mm, that's good. It's part of being human. Like, yeah. and you know, you don't have to explain it. I think depending on the situation, there would be times where I'm like, 
that's one of the things that you like about me, you know? Right. But right yeah. now, yeah. like it's, it's, it's making it uncomfortable for you. And I get that. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so saying something like, yes, I have strong emotions. It's part of being human. Right. I like um, that. Or if it's not that big of a deal, you could add the words to you. Right. Well, it wasn't that big oh, of a deal to that, you. Yeah, But it wasn't a big deal to you. Yeah. It wasn't a big yeah. deal to you. Or like when, you know, people say you're too much and it's like, well, maybe I'm too much for you. Right, right. <laughs> but I'm not too much, you know, or you're not enough. And like maybe that is I'm not a phrase, enough isn't it? You're, you're just you. a bit much. Yeah, and it's like, well, yeah. maybe I'm a bit much for you. You know, somebody with my temperament might actually receive somebody saying, you know, Chuck, you're a bit much. I'm, I might say thanks. thanks. Yeah, that's weird. It. Now that I think about it, no, it's yeah. Okay, confident. so here's 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 one. Okay, here's how I want, answer this one for mm, me. You ready? Okay. That is not what happened. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so. Uh, you don't say it like this. Uh, I was uh, there too. Hello. <laughs> but like, I was there too. No, it's like okay. Um, well, I was there too. Like, right, you know, right, it's right. Like, yep. I was. I, there I too. was standing right I, beside you. You know, yeah. I, I was there too. Yeah. Um, or something like my perspective matters, and yeah. it's important I'm able to share it, right? Because that is highlighting the fact that that might not be what they thought happened. Yeah. Yeah. But they have a different perspective than you. This very phrase came up in a counseling appointment with me about a week ago. Mm-hmm. And um, the whole the whole thing, uh, 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 I'm going to be sensitive, but the whole thing is about flirtation, mm-hmm. all right? And the answer from one of the spouses was that that's not really how it happened. Mm. But I'll never forget the spouse, because I just want to, but the spouse mm-hmm. looked at me, she said, oh, dang it, Chuck. Anyway, <laughs> the answer was, I really was standing right. That is exactly uh-huh. how yeah. it happened. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And, you know, sometimes what I'll do in these situations, like especially if, you know, there's somebody who's maybe not used to seeing p- things from other people's perspective or if it's a child, you know, I will take, have you ever seen those little, um, they're, they're like little pictures where you look at it one way and you see like a oh, yeah. face. Oh, yeah, 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 And you look at the other way right. and yeah, you yeah. see like two faces looking right. at each other. You see two dogs or one old man. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, I will sometimes like, bring something like that out. Like if it's like a child or a situation sure. like that, yeah, yeah. like two people can see something very different yeah. in the same picture. Yeah. And it's just important that we respect what I each like person that. is seeing. Yeah. So I think what, what, what I think at the heart of that particular one, that's not what happened. Mm-hmm. It is really okay to, to point out, okay, but that, but it really is. And even if, even if I may have missed a point or two, mm-hmm. this is exactly what I experienced. Yeah, my perspective matters. Okay, I was here's there one. And my perspective um, matters. You made me do it. Yeah, or you made me feel this way. Yeah, right? it's all on you. Look uh-huh. what you did. Yeah, and yeah. this is where you know, for one, I will say sometimes if I'm being sassy, which I wouldn't recommend this, but I'm just going to put it out there anyway. I will say, "Wow, you're giving me a lot of power." Like okay, to, just to for those of you that don't know Julie well, <laughs> to I would just say I could feel. totally hear that. <laughs> it's like, wow, you're giving me way too much power. Well done. That's, um, that, yeah. <laughs> no, but seriously, in a in a respectful way, you can say something like, you know, we're both adults mm-hmm. and no one forced you to do anything. Right, or right. I think, you know, we're each responsible for our own actions, mm-hmm. right? This is just mm-hmm. highlighting that. Um, but I will say this, you know, I see it a lot in parent-child relationships where the hmm. parent will be like, oh, my gosh, my child is, you know, um, making our whole family this way and that way. And I'm like, you are giving your child so much power right yeah, now. And yeah. I mean that in a, in a kind way. Sure, you yeah, know? yeah, like yeah. They are hijacking the power dynamic in the whole family relationship. Well, and in our humanity, I mean, we, 
that's what we grab. You start when you're about what? One and a half? Yeah. Well, and you know, kids do that because for a number of reasons, but I think it's just important for parents to recognize, like if my son will say something to me, like trying to grasp power again, Mm -hmm. you know, I'll say like, you are not the person who owns this whole family structure. Mm -hmm. Like Mm -hmm. you are a part of it and your part matters, Mm. but you don't own this family structure, right? It goes back to what we talked about last week, though. I mean, power is part of the whole gaslighting process. Yeah, and everybody's grasping power. and control, right? Yeah. Yeah, and manipulation. And that's where this one comes in. If somebody says, if you're telling them something and they just kind of deflect and throw it back to you and say, oh, you're always right, aren't you? Oh, gosh. It's like sarcasm, right? And this is where you can just... You can, I think there's a scripture verse that says, agree with your adversary quickly. That's right. And so it's like, I definitely don't claim to always be right. Like, I don't. But I do know what I saw in this situation, and I'd like to share it without attacks on my character. Okay, so just in fairness, so in Jenny and I's first year, Mm -hmm. this was my Mm go-to. It must be awesome to be always Always right. right. (laughs) Now, if... People, naturally, our listeners don't know Jen, but she is a very strong, I mean, she's a really strong human, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And uh, several times without any fanfare or anything, she would just stop and say, you know, on this one, I'm definitely right. I'm definitely right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm right. <laughs> yes. Well, and you know that sometimes like knowing the person that you're in conversation with is important too, right? Because it's like, if you know their temperament and you know that, like it's okay for each of us to give a little bit of power over to somebody in this moment. But being able to say, you know what? I don't claim to always be right, but I do know, like Jen said in this situation, I do know what I observed. You know, I I know what I saw. Um, And, you know, this is an attack on your character. If someone's Mm. like, oh, well, you're just always right. They're basically calling you arrogant, right? Um, the last one that is important and this, I think most of our listeners would get that this is kind of gaslighting. Um, but you know, saying something like, if you loved me, you'd let me do this. Right. 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 Or if you loved me, you wouldn't do this. Right. Right. And it's like, "Mm, I love you enough to be honest with you. You know, I love you and I respect you enough to not, you know, treat you like a child or, right. you know, whatever that is. Yeah. Right. Um, because that's very conditional. Like it's based, it's basing love on, you know, conditions. Yeah, it's transactional. Very, that's if the you word. do this, then you'd let me do that. Yeah. And then well, why can't you see it that way? But I could see where the pattern of, if you love me yeah. at some point, it's like death by a thousand pinpricks, right? right. It just keeps on nagging at yeah. you. And you know, you, if this is something that is continually happening, you can ask the question, okay, you can say, you know what, I'm I'm seeing this as a pattern. How do you feel loved? Like yeah. because you keep saying if you love me, you'd whatever. And those are things that I can't offer you because right. maybe they're against my values or they're against so good. whatever. But what are some ways I can show you that I love you? Yeah. Um, because you know that it is important to be able to have honest communication about that. You know, this um I'm not really sure how this applies, but it did cross my mind in that conversation. You know, at the scripture says that Jesus makes this statement. You know, if you love me, you'll keep my commands. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I've said this before on a podcast, but uh, I grew up and heard it being said like this. By God, if you love me, you uh-huh. will do this. Yeah. And I'll never forget that hearing this sitting in a green room, and a guy saying, how much different would it be if you heard Jesus say, you know, when you love me, it'll be so much easier to just follow my commands. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, and that's what makes me think this, you know, it's like, Okay, that's so, 
there's there's not a condition it's just love mm-hmm. right an overflow and an outpouring yeah yeah of- so you when we were uh when, when we were getting ready to go on air today one of the things that you talked about that i think is fascinating is what happens when we gaslight ourselves yeah so we don't just get gas lighted right yeah <laughs> the grammar nerd in me is like going crazy here <laughs> gaslighted we don't get just get gaslighted by other people we can actually gaslight ourselves and remember we've talked about this on a prior podcast how our caregivers speak to us becomes our inner voice so if we That's are used good. to being gaslighted by the people closest to us we can actually develop a pattern of gaslighting ourselves now this happens most often to me when i'm tired Chuck. Yeah, yeah so my body feels tired or you know my heart is racing or whatever i know i need to sit down for a moment but i think to myself you know what you should you know you shouldn't be tired right? right right or you could press through this or whatever you're not really that tired you don't need to sit down well in this way i'm actually invalidating my own reality mm. my body's saying you're yeah. tired right yeah. and i'm gaslighting myself i'm not treating my own needs with the empathy and mm. the care they deserve and this is usually for the sake of productivity or image or other reasons but what i found is that if i just take a minute and sit down yeah, like, yeah. and just say, you know what? 10 minutes out of my day, I'm going to lay down. Right. And that's okay. Like most of the time it's what I need. I get refreshed. I've honored my own yeah. needs and I'm able to move forward in the day in a more effective way. I haven't been able to get this out of my mind since we talked about this earlier. Um, I mean, I did this to myself this morning. Mm-hmm. It was like, oh, come on, Chuck. You slept a solid six and a half last night. Come on. Mm-hmm. Well, you, mm-hmm. You're not really tired. Yeah. And then, so, you know, you can just say, you know what? Yeah. I am tired. Yeah, I am. Um, if I can rest now, I will. If I can't, I'll try. I'll find a time to rest later. Right. Um, right. It's like this is kind of has to do with it, but in in intuitive eating, which is like I'm an mm-hmm. eating disorder mm-hmm. specialist working in an eating disorder unit, and um, when I was there, we would talk a lot about intuitive eating, and we would ask people to sit, and of course, you know, before they ate, they would identify their hunger and fullness right. rating. They would also identify what is your body telling you you would like right now. And sometimes it was like a double cheeseburger and sometimes it was like a salad, right? Yeah, yeah. And, and then it was like, if you can't get it now, you know, eat what you can and then, you know, do that later, right? So it's just, a, it's a process of listening to ourselves, of validating ourselves. I, that is, that is weirdly connected, isn't it? Yeah. Like I was just thinking about that, the whole concept of intuitive eating. Mm-hmm. So I have a uh, I have a weird relationship with banana popsicles. Hmm. Okay, I'm just love these things. Okay. Okay, if people could, I mean, if you're not watching and you're just listening, Julie just gave me that. Hmm. Bana- no, I'm I, actually. I feel like I'm laying on a sofa <laughs> in her office and she's looking at me like, okay, no. we have I to was, deal with this. I was thinking of, honestly about my youngest child's Halloween costume. And he said he wanted to be a disturbed banana. So that's like, that's what came to mind. Wow. <laughs> I was like, banana popsicles. Wow. What is this thing with people and bananas You've got lately? to send me a picture of him He's on Halloween night. He's not be a disturbed banana. He well, changed yeah, it's kind mind. of funny though. So that's what I was thinking. I was on, I was not psychoanalyzing you so at all. So I have trained myself. I'm, I'm not kidding. I have trained myself that every night at about 930, mm-hmm. my body thinks you banana want popsicle. a banana popsicle. I'm like that with cookie dough. Are you really? Every night. Oh my God! I it's eat not a like tiny I, piece of I mean, it's like my brain has just mm-hmm. said, "This has nothing to do with gaslighting." I don't suppose and, until I've learned to say to myself, "You don't really want that. You just think you want that." Uh-huh. Maybe I'm gaslighting myself over a <laughs> banana, banana popsicle. Why don't you just take a minute and say, "What does my body really want right now?" And sometimes I could have sworn you were going to say, will, "We could just take a moment and pray over I that." Pray over that. <laughs> You've been in church for too long, <laughs> so you know, ask yourself because sometimes, like, and I've I've been sick 
a lot lately. And, you know, sometimes my body is like, yeah, I really want that. And sometimes it's like, mm, you actually need some soup right now. Like that's yeah. okay. Right. So what do you do though? When you like, when you do ignore your intuition, mm-hmm. that's what do you a big do? piece of it. Right. Another way we gaslight ourselves is ignoring our intuition. Right. Um, we may sense that something's wrong, but we ignore that still small voice, mm. whether you call that intuition, yeah, yeah. Holy Spirit, mixture of both. Yeah. Um, one of the therapies that I offer in my private practice is something called EMDR, mm-hmm. and it's where we take um, ineffective or um, like damaging beliefs, essentially, mm-hmm. and we replace them with positive beliefs. So we call them negative cognitions. We replace them with positive ones or helpful ones. And a big one that people have is, I can't trust myself. And this hmm. is where, you know, they, they go into situations and they're just constantly, you know, anxious because they feel like whatever decision they make, they don't know if it was the right one. You know, this yeah. is this is because if we if we repeatedly have been gaslighted yeah. and we gaslight ourselves, hmm. we learn not to trust ourselves, right? Um, so learning to trust yourself is an important part of healing. That feels, that feels weirdly um, painful to not trust yourself. Yeah. Well, and, and it is so common in emotionally abusive relationships I'll bet. because if you really trusted yourself, when somebody said to you, you're crazy, you would be like, no, I'm not. No, I'm not. Yeah. yeah. But if you hear it enough. You start to believe it. Yeah. 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 And so learning to trust yourself, that is kind of one of the bows on this whole topic is really learning to trust yourself is a protective mechanism mm. against emotionally abusive relationships that have gaslighting in the center wow. of them. Wow. Um, you know, maybe in the future... Julie, on a podcast, I would love for us to jump into, this is totally off subject, by the way, but I'd love for us to jump into the topic about this intuitive eating thing, mm-hmm. because I I believe for years, well, I'm fat, hmm. I, I'm a, you know, I mean, I can't even, t- the damage I did to myself, hmm. uh, I mean, I'm, I'm grateful I've lost a lot of weight, but, mm-hmm. but I'm... I'm more grateful that I'm healthy. Yeah. You know? Well, that's like when people say, I've lost a lot of weight. The first thing I always ask is, how are you feeling? Yeah, right. Yeah. Because, if I mean, if that helps you feel good and healthy, great. Yeah. But there's also health at every size. But it's been like a, it's, it's been a total adulthood thing. And mm-hmm. I, that there, there's something in here mm-hmm. that I began to believe a lot of what I was told about myself. Yeah. And I just bought it. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And a big part of healing from any sort of eating pattern or behavior is that process of learning. Yeah. You know, Do you know what one of the triggers are in my life? Like when I hear this is, I know people um, who regularly refer, refer to me as big guy. Mm. Every time mm. I hear that now, like I used to just take it and yeah. laugh it off, you uh-huh. know? Now when I hear it, I literally will say, but not nearly as big as I was. Mm, yeah. So you've learned a way to redefine and that's important. I think that's really important. And part of, you know, gaslighting healing, I guess healing from being gaslighted, um, is those boundaries that we set. And when you set a boundary, you know, this is something that I learned the hard way. You don't have to give an excuse as to why you're setting that boundary. You know, we had a situation last year where I set a boundary with a family member and I gave them, I said, well, no, we can't do this because... You know, right. they need yeah. a parent volunteer or whatever. And that person was like, oh, well, you know, I'll volunteer. And they called up the place and it became right. a whole thing. But when you get, when you set a boundary and give somebody an excuse as to why you set that boundary, you are giving them a problem to solve. Okay. So if you're like, we can't go out because we don't have a babysitter. 
you just gave them a problem to solve. They're wow. like, oh, I can get a babysitter. I don't we know how somebody. many minutes we're into this podcast, but that right there is gold. <laughs> yeah. You well, know? just think about that, right? It's okay to just set a boundary, and the reason why is just because I can't make it. Right. Right. That's right. okay. Yeah. Right. And, you know, that's not rude. No. You know, I mean, that that is it's kind of protectionary, mm-hmm. but in a real healthy way, because not everybody needs to know your business. Right. And yeah. And sometimes we take ourselves out of the gas lighting process mm-hmm. by not offering everything right. into the conversation. Exactly. Yeah, that's so good. So, Julie, uh, let's wrap this thing up with, with two questions. Ready? Mm-hmm. This is not anywhere on your notes. Of All right. Course. Don't you love it when I do this? Yes. Okay. So let's say that, let's say that um, you and I have a Zoom appointment and I just call you as my friend, not my therapist. Mm-hmm. And I say, hey, Julie, I feel like... I feel like somebody's gaslighting me here, and here's what I hear. Mm-hmm. I, I hear them say this regularly. Mm-hmm. Chuck, it's not like that at all. It's not mm. like that. And yet everything in me knows it feels like that. Yeah. So mm-hmm. what's kind of the what's what feels like the best way to respond, especially, and I'm gonna throw this out there for the people like me that have more of like a type A personality Mm -hmm. you know um because what i have discovered is people like me say things like i don't really have feelings but but what that really means is i don't want to show them but that's because i'm wounded so deeply i don't want to i don't want you to see me bleeding Mm -hmm. right Mm -hmm. so how do you respond to that type a person that's kind of coming at you Mm -hmm. and you're kind of a type a person Mm -hmm. i mean i think it the first question is to consider not just the type of personality, but what's the nature of the relationship? Oh, that's so good. if yeah. this is a casual relationship or if this is a more intimate relationship or if it's a work relationship, that's going to affect how deeply you go into this, right? That's so good. So thinking about what is the purpose of this interaction and what, you know, how deep do we actually need to go on this? Now, if it yeah. is somebody who you have a fairly close relationship with mm-hmm. and they're like, it just didn't happen that way. You can even ask them for their permission, say, Hey, I understand you didn't see it that way, but would you be interested in hearing how how I how I viewed it? I like that, right? Because yeah. if they say no, well, yeah, well, then that pretty much indicts them right there, right? Yeah. They don't want to know. I, I like the I like the phrase the phrasing inside of that. Would you be interested in knowing? Mm-hmm. Like, that, you that's are. Good. In, it's an invitation. Yeah, I like right? that. Um, now again, that's me being a non-type A. I'm sure. offering an invitation. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. If you wanted to be more of a type A and just say something like, you know. I, I appreciate that that's how you saw it. I viewed it differently. I'd like to tell you how I viewed it. Yeah. You know, I mean, it just depends on your personality and the nature of the relationship. Are you a subordinate? Are you not? I like you know? the, um, I really like the advice though. Sometimes it's worth the moment to think about kind of what's the basis of this relationship to begin with. Mm-hmm. So here's my last one and we'll wrap up. You ready? Okay. Um, ready or not. <laughs> yeah. You're in the church. Yeah. Okay. okay. You're in the church. Mm-hmm. And what if your um, what if your kind of spiritual leader? Mm-hmm. What if you feel like that person is kind of spiritually gaslighting you? Mm-hmm. Because it happens. Oh yeah, it does. Like if you, if if you really love Jesus, you would. Yeah, and again, if you were a real Christian, this is what you'd be. Yeah, you'd be, you'd vote that way. Yeah. 
Well, and again, context matters too, right? Yeah. How deeply are you embedded in this church? Is your family involved? Are your kids involved? Is this right. a, a place where you really do want to stay rooted? Mm-hmm. And if that's the case and you feel like a conversation is warranted, I think another thing to consider is context in terms of what has happened when this person has been called out before? Oh, that's you know, good. Yeah. How, how do they receive yeah. correction? Right. Because, you know, scripture says don't throw your pearls before swine, sure. right? So there's sometimes where you just have to, to measure is this worth, you know, the conflict that can come from it? If you right. determine that it is, then again, it's offering that invitation of, mm. you know, I heard you say this and I'm interested. Would you like to hear how I received that and yeah, how that good. could, you know, how that's that could really be, good. How that could be received? Um, because again, if they don't want to hear it, that's telling you something right there. Yeah. If they do, you have an opportunity to just provide a different perspective. That's so good. I, I have, I have said, and I'll, I'll close with these thoughts that I think Julie, in some of these issues, I've, I've had this moment where I've thought to myself, one of the best lessons I've learned in my, in, in my field mm-hmm. is that we tend to grow a little bit more mature when our heart grows a little softer mm-hmm. and our skin grows a little thicker. <laughs> Right. Undefendable um, and yet still, yeah, you know, yeah. gentle. So I guess for all of you, one, one, thank you for tuning in with us every week as we try to merge faith and psychology here at the Positive Talk podcast. I have loved these two weeks, Julie, because I think many of us see this happen re- with regularity yeah. or we experience it. Right. You, you might even be a person listening to this and thought maybe I've been gaslighting somebody, mm-hmm. maybe not even know you were. Yeah. And sometimes that happens. Very well-meaning people yeah. can do these things yeah. because they're grasping for power and control. So uh, we just trust that this has been helpful to you and you've probably heard something and thought, wow, I've thought of somebody that would benefit from this. Please share liberally. Just share with friends, family. When, when like I really do believe when you have this intuitive thought, wow, I need to share this with somebody, just tag them. Mm-hmm. you know, and mm-hmm. just share it. Sometimes the best stuff I get is when somebody just tags me without a thought, just boom, mm-hmm. you yeah. know? Yeah. And so I've sent you stuff like that. And some mm-hmm. of the stuff that you, like we communicate via Slack mm-hmm. and um, some of the stuff is like, oh, that was a really good read, mm-hmm. you know? And, and sometimes it's best when we receive those as a benign share. Oh yeah. Not with a, oh wow, I thought of you. I thought of you. <laughs> yeah. It's like, Maybe they thought of you because they thought you could really benefit and help someone. Right. Like, yeah, maybe yeah. they thought you had a strength in that area. Exactly. Who knows? Yeah. So uh, we'll be back next week. And I think we have one more show in this season. Do we? Do we? I don't know. Maybe. Let's do one more. Okay. What do you say? We'll do one more and then we'll call it a season. Uh, it's it's already been a great season five, mm-hmm. Julie. You can always catch seasons one through five on our uh, website, which is positivetalkpodcast.com. And of course, on Instagram and Facebook at Positive Talk Podcast. Thanks again for listening. We'll see you back for one last show at the end of season five. God bless. Bye now. Thanks again for joining Julie and Chuck on this week's Positive Talk Podcast. Please share this episode with friends, family, and social media. You can find our previous seasons and episodes on our website at positivetalkpodcast.com. And join us on social media for more content at Positive Talk Podcast. Thanks again, and go in peace.